welcome to Rise and Shine, the podcast dedicated to women in home building who are ready to rise professionally and shine personally. I am your host, Abby Cornelius, and I am thrilled to embark on this empowering journey with you. Together, we're going to dive into the world of leadership, sales, mindset, results, and corporate climbing, all tailored to the unique experiences of women in this industry. Whether you're a seasoned pro or you're just starting out, Rise and Shine is here to provide you with actionable insights, inspiring stories, and expert advice to propel you forward in your career and illuminate your personal growth. So if you're ready to break some barriers, conquer challenges, and redefine success on your own terms, you are in the right place. It's time to rise, it's time to shine, and it all starts right here. Let's get started. When I was in seventh grade, I had a teacher who was unkind to a classmate repeatedly over and over again. And to the point where it was kind of making all of us uncomfortable. After class one day, I approached my teacher and I said something. I don't know where I got the courage as a, as a seventh grader, but I just, I couldn't not say something anymore. She laughed at me and she said, oh, Jessica, nobody cares about that. I was dumbfounded. I didn't know what to say, but I went home and I told my parents, I said, you know, this has been happening for a while. Just constantly making fun of Jessica. She's making us all uncomfortable. And I said something to her and she just kind of laughed it off and I don't know what to do. And my mom was like, well, what do you want to do? I said, I don't know. I don't even know what I can do, mom. I'm like 12. <laughs> like, What do I do? And she's like, well, if you want, we could talk to the principal um, or you can talk to the principal. And I said, who that makes me nervous. But my mom scheduled a meeting. We talked to the principal. And over the next few weeks, our class was audited. There was people sitting in there. So obviously a conversation was had. Obviously she knew she was being watched and the behavior changed. And as a 12, 13 year old, I realized in that moment that I had the power to advocate for others, that I had the power to influence change just by speaking up, just by saying like, this is making me uncomfortable. It's making my peers uncomfortable and it's not the right thing to do to somebody. And that's a powerful lesson to learn as a young kid. And so I've always kind of had this ability to advocate and this passion for advocating for others. I do not have a 100% success rate, but I do have probably like a 70% success rate. And that is 70% better than if I never advocated for anybody ever. Now, if you fast forward to growing in my career, I found that I wasn't as good at advocating for myself. I would very, you know, my, my personality is very like, people pleasy, you know, yes, girl, all those things. And I'm a words of affirmation person for my love language. So I loved when people told me like, thank you. And so a hard earned thank you was like very fulfilling to me. So I was very much eager to give to others. But sometimes when that's your personality, you will give to others at the detriment of yourself. And so I had to learn to start drawing a line in the sand and try to determine when am I supporting others at the expense of myself. And that was kind of a mindset shift for me. And also when does protecting me actually benefit others? So there's two different sides to this that I really needed to start reworking some of my mindset around. So instead of saying, Hey, if I take credit for that, I'm being, a, I'm being, you know, braggadocious or I'm being egotistical, or instead of saying, oh, if I tell them I'm uncomfortable, that's going to make them uncomfortable. They're going to see me in a poor light. Then I'm I'm not going to get a promotion. Like instead of that negative mind track, I had to start rewriting it. We're saying, if I don't take credit for my good work, then I'm losing that credit. Now this is to my detriment and I'm not okay with that. It's not about putting, 
you know, Bob or Sue down. It's about making sure that Abby's getting credit for what she did. I don't have to give them extra credit. That's not, you know, that they didn't do what I did. Right. So I have to at least stand in my own and hold my own value. I also learned that when I am taking care of me, I am able to better take care of others. This is especially important as a leader. If your tank is empty, if you are tired, if you are cranky, if you are making quick decisions that are not well thought out, if you are being snappy with your kids, and if you are, you know, not really connecting with your husband because you're just constantly like wheels spinning in your head, this giving your all to this one thing, to this work, to whatever that, whatever that one thing is for you is at the detriment of everything else. And so many moons ago, I've shared this before on the podcast. I was listening. I watched a Rachel Hollis, um, movie made for more in the theater with a bunch of other ladies. And I could not stop crying at one point. Cause she's talking about this like whole thing where women, we pour into our cup and then we quickly pour into others. We pour into our cup and we pour into others. And it's like, our mug is just kind of like teeter tottering back and forth and back and forth. And we're like on the edge of just falling and cracking. And, Oh, I was feeling that big time, you know, watching this. And then she goes, but what if instead ladies, we just stand as this tall vessel and we fill ourselves up and we fill ourselves up and we fill ourselves off and it just starts to overflow and it spills into our kids and it spills into our work and it spills into all this stuff. And I was like, oh, that feels amazing. But like, that's great in theory, Rachel, but like, how do we do that? <laughs> and so how do you do that is you start advocating for yourself. You start putting boundaries. You start protecting the things that are important to you so that you can fill up and overflow so that you can stand tall and stand full and ask for what you need. And it will, it will spill. So for me, self-advocacy needed a reframe and needed to be less about, yes, about me, but less about me. So yes, I need to take care of myself because when I take care of myself, I'm a better business owner. I'm better for my coaching clients. I'm better for my kids. I'm better for my husband when Abby is fully taken care of. And so if I want to show up great in all of these different ways and for all of these different people, then I need to prioritize myself and I need to be willing to advocate for what I need so that I can shine. And you guys know my podcast is called Rise and Shine. I'm all about now's the time to shine. Um, and it... Every time you say yes to somebody else's comfort at the expense of your own, you are dimming your light. And I see this so much. It like breaks my heart with, with, uh, women in my network, not just women that I coach, just even just my friends. Like we are so often in these situations where we feel uncomfortable and we don't do anything. We don't self-advocate. We don't speak up. And every single time we do that, because we want everybody else to be comfortable and happy and not, not don't ruffle feathers. Every time we do that, we do dim our light. And so self-advocacy is about you finding your way to shine your brightest. Now, when I was doing research for this podcast, I came across this amazing article by Network Movement. Um, they have a really cool mission. They are determined to help 1 million women get promoted by 2030, which I love. What a phenomenal mission. I'm behind you network. If anybody's listening, I doubt it. <laughs> but if anybody's listening, like 100% behind what they do, they actually have this astronomical stat that says 47% of female college graduates are underemployed. And I feel that. Um, and so, you know, love what they're doing here, but they had this article about self-advocacy. So I'm going to go through their top 10 ways to self-advocate, uh, probably would have said it very similar myself. So we're going to run with this because this is just amazing. Just 10 ways for you to start showing up better for yourself. And by doing so, you will show up better for those around you. Number one, believe you deserve it. You must first have the mindset that you are worth what you're about to ask for. 
if you don't believe it, good luck pitching it. And for those of you on this call that are in sales, you know, enthusiasm is transferable. So if I go into a pitch and I'm like, um, boss lady, I really think it would be good if like, maybe we, that's weak. That's not going to go well. That's not me believing in my idea. They're certainly not going to hop on board. But if I go into that meeting and I'm like, Hey, here's what I've been seeing is going on. I feel like if we execute this, this, and this, it's going to give us X return. I don't see a lot of risk in it. I'm ready to go. What do you think? Boom. I had confidence. They're going to feel it. We're going to execute. I'm going to get more yeses. Okay. Believe you deserve it. This is you negotiating your own worth. This is a lot of mindset work, but it's super important. Number two, also in the mindset realm, practice positive self-talk. We all make mistakes. Everybody, even your boss, your boss is making mistakes probably at an even greater rate than you are because that's part of being a leader. You got to put yourself out there more. What you need to do instead is to not let those mistakes ruminate. You need to rewrite the script that you're telling yourself. So for me, my first time I really advocated professionally was over vacation time and it did not go well. I took it up the ladder. I got a lot of hand slaps. I got told that I made our division leadership look poorly, blah, blah, blah. And in that moment, I could have just sunk myself into a hole. I could have quit my job. I had all these ideas, like I was never going to make it in this company, Like, but I stayed there another 14 years. But in that moment, it felt heavy. Instead, what I chose to do is say, hey, I was strong. I had a voice. Hopefully I planted a seed and hopefully it's better for the next person. And if that means I had to like fall on the sword, I'm okay with that because I was very passionate. I believed in what I was going for. I could put my head on my bed at night and rest easy. And that's a lot of what this self-advocacy is about. It's for you giving yourself your own peace of mind and having your own back. I did a, I put a quote on my Uh, social media earlier this week from Maya Angelou, which said, I learned a long time ago, the wisest thing I can do is be on my own side, be an advocate for myself and others like me. And she stood for a lot of things in her life and she made a lot of change, but I'm going to tell you, she probably didn't win everything she advocated for, but she knew this is what I need to do. She had strong, positive self-talk. She was definitely believed in what she was doing. And she wasn't afraid to say, if not me, who, and I'm going to go for it. And so that that positive self-talk and that mindset are the foundation of how to become really good at self-advocating. Step three is shamelessly ask for what you want. My mom always told me, if you don't ask Abby, the answer is always no. And she's so true. If I don't advocate, I'm, I'm, I'm 0% of, you know, zero asks, but I've learned that when I ask, I actually get a yes every once in a while, not every time. And I want to reiterate that ladies, the hard part of being a self-advocate is you are going to hear no, you are going to be met with resistance. You are going to get a no answer at some time or, or, or a non-response. But the important part is that you realize it was a no either way. So I'm going to boldly go and ask for what I need, advocate for myself or my team. And then to reminder to not give up. Shamelessly asking for you want for what you want may look like asking two or three times and not in a way that's aggressive and hard hitting. I don't want you to think that, but especially as a leader, I would oftentimes go to my division president and say, Hey, here's what I need for my community or for my salesperson. And I maybe had a 25% success rate. But when I asked the second time, I had an 80% success rate. And I'm like, ooh, why is this? Why is this? My first yes is my first ask is a no, is mostly no's. My second ask is mostly yes. And at one point I was talking to my my boss about this and he goes, Oh, that's just kind of my style. Like I feel like 
if it's really important, you'll pitch again. Or if it's really important, you'll ask. Sometimes the first ask is just like an easy band-aid. It's not really that true fix. And so I want to encourage you guys to be good problem solvers. But if you come to me again with the same solution, then I know that there's probably something to it. And so you, again, can't control the mindset of who you're pitching to, but that's good information for you guys to hear that that first no might just be a, they're not sure how important it is to you, or they're not sure how much value there really is in it. And maybe you need to repackage it. And we, you know, I talk about that a lot with my coaching clients, like how to build that value and that value proposition and to help get into that cost analysis. But regardless, the, the moral of the story is sometimes it takes a second or third ask. So don't be afraid to go for it. Fourth, create a brag book. Again, you've heard me talk about this. I'm going to talk about it till I'm, you know, dead and dying somewhere. Um, you need to have a notebook or Word document that celebrates your career highlights. So this is you keeping a note of your accomplishments, your compliments, any results that you've gotten. You can update this weekly or monthly. You're going to bring this out during appraisal time, review time. If you're asking for a raise or opportunity to interview for a promotion, you're going to bring this out when you're advocating for your needs. Hey, this is what's worked in the past. I brought up this idea and it worked. I've got another one. Here it is. I feel like we're going to have the same traction here. This is your basically like justification for whatever you're asking. This is how you feel confident about the value that you bring. Also, when you reread this brag book, you're going to get hype. This is you being your own hype girl. I also call this like your hype girl letter. Like, dear Abby, did you know last month you helped three clients get promotions? How freaking amazing is that? You rock, girlfriend. Like that gets me hype, right? That's the work I'm doing. I help them get promoted. I help them get raises. I help them, you know, crush presentations. Like that feels so good. And so when I go over my highlight reel, then if I get to a situation where I get to, you know, pitch right to another client or pitch to somebody else, I get to say, Hey, look at all this stuff that, you know, I accomplished with my clients and I want to help you do the same thing. It's the same thing you're going to do about your work that you're doing. Create your brag book. Okay. All right. Number five, ask for help. Understanding when you understanding when it's time to ask for help is not a sign of weakness. I hear this all the time. I'm afraid to ask for help. I don't want them to think I don't have it. I don't want them to think I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to tell you it's actually a sign of strength and it's a sign of high emotional intelligence when you can clearly communicate where you're deficient and ask for support. You will get up to, up to speed faster when you learn to ask for help. Um, I have this situation where me and this other person were promoted around the same time. We had the same support system, same boss. And I was just almost like every day being like, I don't know. I don't know who can help me, help me, help me, help me. And I was reaching out to people in other divisions, people in other states. I was asking my boss for additional support. I was telling my team I wasn't sure and buying time. Like I was, it, it felt mentally like I was sinking, but I was, I was asking for help. And I quickly, quickly, quickly got up and running. The other guy refused to ask for help. He didn't want to come across as he didn't know it. And, you know, six months later, he's working like all day, coming in super early, staying super late, feeling like he's not successful, getting put on performance improvement plans because we were just going about it very differently. But his approach was like a lack of emotional intelligence, a lack of saying like, hey, I don't got this. I need help. We, which not his fault. Like we are, we are groomed as children to not ask for help because when we were kids asking for help was what it was cheating. I don't know the answer. I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? No, 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 Abby. Don't ask. Don't ask independent work, independent work. Right. And so this independent work that we're taught as children is actually very counterproductive to real life. 
real life is collaborate, use other people's knowledge. If you think of the most successful CEOs and business leaders and, you know, even, you know, presidents, like they have a, they have a committee, they have a board, they have these people around them that are the experts that they ask for the help. Hey, what should I do? Secretary of defense. Hey, what should I do? You know, CFO, like they ask these people for help. It's not a one man or one woman show. So don't be afraid, even at your, even at your level today to surround yourself with the right people that have the right information and to ask them to help you. All right. Number six, stand up for yourself. If somebody takes credit for your work or if somebody makes you feel uncomfortable at work, you need to stand up for yourself. I understand that you may want to wait until you're less emotional, which I fully support, but you need to be your own advocate. If you are wishfully waiting for things to get better or wishfully waiting for them to understand that that thing that they said is offensive, it's never going to happen. You must advocate. This sometimes looks like going into your boss and saying, hey, a few weeks ago, you said dot, 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 dot. Here's how I interpreted that. I'm not sure if that was your intent, but I wanted to share that with you because it made me really uncomfortable. Nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, oh my God, that was not my intent. Here's what I really meant. And you're going to feel so much better for having had that conversation. One time out of 10, they're going to be like, yup, that's what I meant. And now you know what you're dealing with. And that's good too, right? Clarity is good, but you need to rip that bandaid off. If somebody takes credit for your work, let's say there was a big group project. I see this happen a lot. I would give salespeople projects to do together, right? Maybe that's a sales team, something like that. And then when it comes to presenting time, one person stands up and acts like they owned it and that they did this whole thing where I know that the other person is actually the one who collected the data, made the PowerPoint, da, 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 but they're just a little bit more shy and they're not going to stand up and present. And so then they get like totally lost in this whole thing. The other person looks like they get credit for the work and they get the kudos in front of the leadership team when I know as the leader, it was really the other person. So what I try to do is to help them advocate for themselves and say, hey, you need to stand up. I know it's uncomfortable, but you need to equally own this, this meeting. Or you need to say at the beginning, hey, I did all the PowerPoint research, but you know, everybody knows so-and-so is a better presenter. So we're going to let him take it from here. Like, don't be afraid to take credit for the things that you do. Um, once I started getting to a higher level and I'm sitting in these meetings, I'd often say something pretty, like, I thought it was pretty insightful, really good idea. And it was like crickets. And then five minutes later, a male counterpart would say it and he would get all the credit for it. And I was like, how do I, how do I change this? How do I stop losing credit for my good ideas? And it, it looks shitty to be like, no, that was my idea. It's not like the right way to handle it. But I went through some some time where I would go back to my boss and I'd be like, I don't know if you noticed, but like I said that crickets, then he said it and he gets all this credit. Like, what am I doing wrong or how am I doing it differently? And I had to learn to like present differently in those meetings. So that my voice was heard, but this, that's a form of standing up for yourself. Um, oftentimes too, at work, there are things that happen or things that are said that just simply make you uncomfortable. Women and men operate very differently. And if you're in a if you're in a company where diversity is is low and you know stuff is going to happen, things are going to be said around you that impact you and that make you feel uncomfortable. I need you to stand up for yourself. And again, you might not always get the result you're hoping for, but at the end of the day, you get to feel better that you had your own back. All right, number seven, increase visibility. Again, stop wishing and waiting for somebody to notice your hard work. Stop waiting for somebody to say, oh, Abby's amazing. She deserves a promotion. 
It's not going to happen. No, nobody's watching you that intently. They're worried about themselves. You need to start sharing your successes. This is why I encourage a brag book. You need to start taking on hard projects that maybe put you in a room with bigger decision makers so that you can start increasing your visibility. Um, to quote Hamilton, you need to be in the room where it happens. So if you want to be on the rise, if you want to start getting your more yeses, you need to start being interactive with more people, create that influence. A great way to do this is to find a sponsor. A sponsor is a leader within your organization who is in those rooms where decisions are being made. Create a relationship with them and ask, would you be my sponsor? Are you somebody that I can trust that when my name comes up, you're like, yep, she's next up. Yep, I've got her back. Are they advocating for you in the rooms that they're in that you cannot be in? So finding a sponsor is a huge way to self-advocate. Expand your network. I know that uh, I've been in company cultures where there's lots of work events and sometimes you'll have like a hundred percent attendance, which is great. And that's normally means you have a really great culture, but sometimes when the culture is not that great, you're going to notice that attendance to these networking events gets low. It's really important that if you want to grow in your career, that you go to these work functions, not to the point where it's like, you're saying no to your kids all the time and all that, but get your booty there, shake hands, kiss babies, be with the movers and shakers because decisions are made at these functions. Also attending industry events or joining your home builders association, joining uh, the professional women in building. These are ways for you to expand your network and to make sure that you're rubbing shoulders with people who can help you get where you want to go. This is another reason why I love my coaching program, the building women's society, because we get all these ladies together on group calls where you get to hear and see faces and hear stories and get phone numbers and and connect with these ladies on a different level and expand your network. Every person that that they know now you have a first degree connection to or second degree connection to, and you can grow your influence and your impact and increase your visibility by doing these things. And last but not least is become an expert on something. What is you, what are you considered the go-to person on? Don't be afraid to brand yourself. I know when I was trying to really escalate in my career, one of my male mentors gave me really good advice. He said, you should be campaigning. Like you should have, like, think of like, what's your slogan? What are you known for? And and who's going to vote for you? And like, he was telling me to basically brand myself. Like I should be, I should be known as the expert on X, Y, and Z. And for me, my passion um, as a leader was employee experience and customer experience and building that company culture and having happy employees to deliver happy customer experience. That was like my jam. And so I would hope that if somebody was like, hey, here's candidate A and candidate B, what sets them apart? That people would clearly say, Abby is this, right? Like that's what I was known for. Um, and so you should do that. Make sure you know what's what's your quote unquote platform or brand and how can you, maybe if you're not, maybe if you're super like generalized right now, pick something specific, make it your thing. Let that become that you're the go-to for because that's really gonna help you when it comes to getting that visibility, expanding your network and having that influence to start self-advocating. All right, ladies, I hope you got a few nuggets of wisdom out of this. This was a lot of good stuff. But more importantly, I want you, if you are stuck on the mindset side, to start working there. You can't go into these conversations and you can't take action until you believe it. So please spend time thinking about what do you... 
What's your mindset about having these conversations? How do you feel about self-advocacy and how can you maybe rewrite those talk tracks and rewrite those mental scripts so that you build your confidence? And then I want you to test it and I want you to, to stand up for yourself. And, and if you have to start standing up for others first and let that be a gateway to standing up for yourself, I'm okay with that too. There's nothing wrong with advocating for others as well. But I do want you to make sure that you understand your needs are important. You are worth asking for what you need. You're worth asking for the pay that you want. You're worth asking for that job promotion that you want. You're worth asking, what can I do to better position myself? Like you have every right to ask for those conversations and ask for that feedback to get where you want to go. And it might not always be a yes, but I'm going to promise you, if you don't ask, it's always a no. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Rise and Shine. We hope you're leaving today's conversation feeling inspired, motivated, and equipped with the tools you need to make a meaningful impact in your career and life. Remember, your journey is unique and every step you take brings you closer to your goals. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a moment of empowerment and share with a friend, somebody who you think may benefit from this episode too. Also, we'd love to hear from you. Share your thoughts, insights, and even topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes episodes by connecting with us on social media or leaving a review. Your feedback helps us tailor Rise and Shine to meet your unique needs. Until next time, keep rising, keep shining, and keep making your mark in the world of home building.